All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Talking the Torah with Sabbath Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. We're glad you joined us. And uh, today we're going to talk about week six. And um, and so this is gener- this is Generations, Genesis uh, 25, yes. 19 through 28, 9. And it's Toldot. Toldot. And so, uh, so we picked this lovely image that seems to uh, fit the story. It encapsulates well. the the heart of the story perfectly. Yes, the, the essence of it. Yes, and so you have this red hairy person and uh, someone grabbing his heel at birth. Yeah, uh, and a yellow man and a gra- yellow grabbing man, yes. his feet. Yes. So that's right. <clears throat> so we will find out more about this, and it's also I. I put in here that it's the heel grabber. Yes, I think that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so you do have this story of the heel grabbing and a meal, and uh, that's all in here. And so, let's take a look at it. And so, in Genesis, so Jake explained some of the controversy about this heel grabbing thing. Most people have, are familiar with the story already. Yeah, so the heel-grabbing business is uh, such that uh, Jacob grabs the heel of Esau and Tarzan's out of the womb, and then uh, later he's he's the supplanter, right? So he's... he's uh, Some people call him trickster. Yes, he's, so he, he's gone in and snuck around to to trick Esau and supplant him and take his his birthright from him that was rightfully his because because tradition and all right mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's kind of the the thing we want to more hone in on on in this uh one don't you think people think of jacob as being a trickster that I he's think this they do. guy that's constantly tricking people to bend and get his will and uh, i'm not so sure if that's a correct correct way to think about him or not well i've definitely thought about him that way yeah and clearly the people that he deals with think of him that way yeah, yeah. but how does yahweh look at him right we, a lot of times we want to look at you know, people through the eyes of other people, mm-hmm. especially in the stories in the Bible. But it's, you know, what's Yahweh thinking of Jacob? Yeah. And one thing that I think is interesting that gets missed just because of the wording is it says in, uh, let's see, verse 27, it says uh, chapter 25, Genesis twenty-five twenty-seven, And the boys grew and Esau was a cunning hunter. The hunters are always like the bad guys kind of or the lesser righteous guys. Anyway, he was a cunning hunter, a man of the field and Jacob was a plain man. Now that word plain there is Tom. What it means is, pardon me, is perfect or complete sound, wholesome, uh, Complete, morally innocent, having mm. integrity. Yeah. So Jacob, contrary to uh, how Isaac and Esau take his actions, he was an upstanding, morally uh, 
righteous man with integrity. Yeah. So says it right in the right in the scripture. So right. when you look so at his were actions, you read, were you reading that from his name? Uh, no, that's it says. Oh, it says, it says Jacob was a plain man, and mm-hmm. the word plain there is those things. So mm-hmm. not where, like where we look at that and go, oh, he was kind of ordinary. Yeah, he, he was, was very just exciting. Some, some rando mm-hmm. that you couldn't pick out of a crowd. But um, no, so he's an upright man. And so do upright men, are they about trickery? Uh, not in my, I don't think so. Not in my experience. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when you find that out, that he is an upright man, how do you then have to look at the scriptures you're reading and understand it properly? Mm-hmm. Because you ha- it has to, two things I hate is hypocrisy and uh, contradiction, especially like in scripture, especially. Mm-hmm. And so once there's this contradiction or this hip- hypocritical kind of nature to Jacob, where he's, he's a righteous man, but he's tricking people. Trickery isn't righteous, so there you got this conflict that you have to address. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point for sure. So, but I, I have taught that before, and I have believed that. But the more I study Torah, the more I'm like, mm, I think that may be a misinterpretation of of these scriptures. And it's definitely, you know, it makes me think mm-hmm. of when Yeshua tells tells them to go out and be innocent is dove and wise as serpent is that Mm -hmm. what he says yeah and so it's that that concept and so jacob was innocent but he was wise as the serpent and he knew um you know and i think that's that's kind of you know to to me that's the kind of person that i see here yeah i think that's a good way to look at it so and uh one thing and maybe maybe it'll come up later in the yeah. So, you know, these are just some thoughts that I have about this. And so I didn't mean to advance here. So let me um, go back here. So the birthright blessing, this is a concept that we see all through the Torah, through the through the text that. Um, and so and often the firstborn. So this won't be the first time we see it, but um, the firstborn is technically biologically the one the rightful heir right and you know and still even to this day that's often followed in families and it hadn't been that long since that was really practiced you know it does maybe not necessarily true but you know a couple generations before us in america that was still pretty much yeah it's kind of how things went Mm -hmm. especially if you're the man and you're the firstborn you probably got first dibs on everything yeah and everyone else you know, got, got what was left over. So you, so that's a common thing, but, but you missed something here. And it was about, Jacob was about his father's business. He was the one that was interested in building the kingdom uh, and in, in building the, his father's kingdom over his, even his own self-interest. And so right. that's the kind of guy Jacob is, as he is. And so I used to teach that he was kind of a, a, a you know, and so there's a lot of parallels to Joseph. There's mm-hmm. a lot of parallels to Yeshua. And I always thought of Joseph and Jacob both kind of being a little bit girly and Esau being manly. And I think a lot of people think about that, but I don't think that's fair. Well, yeah, you guys. Uh, you said he seems kind of like a mama's boy. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And so love I, you, mom. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know that that's fair about him. You know, I definitely thought that at one time, but, but, but there is something interesting there with the mother and the son. Yeah. And even in the lineage of Yeshua where, you know, most likely uh, it's Mary's lineage that goes back to Abraham and not Joseph's. I mean, there's like a whole thing in itself and I'm not trying right. to talk about that today, <laughs> but bottom line is Jacob is blessed because he was about his father's business. Right. And so you see this concept with Esau. So, um, you know, Jacob was about the affairs of his fathers uh, and the affairs of Elohim. Um, and uh, so, so Joseph, uh, Joseph is also like this. And so you see this and you see this contrast between someone trying to do the will of their father and someone who does what they want. Right. And then, right, and like you're saying here, the, their brothers, Joseph's brothers and Esau in this case, they're interested in self-interest, right? They have the self-interest and personal gain in, in mind, and uh, whereas Jacob and Joseph are about the will of Yahweh. Ryan, you see this story where the, where the birthright is supposedly stolen. Well, Esau gives it away. He doesn't fight for it. He doesn't put up any kind of fight. He's just like, I'm hungry. I don't care. Whatever. Just just give me the bowl of soup. Would you just quit talking? You know, because yeah. you also get this thing where I feel like Esau, he, he's a man of few words. He's like, mm, food, I want now. You know, that's how, I, you know, Esau yeah. strikes me as that guy. Yeah. You know, he definitely strikes me as a guy. I told you I loved you 30 years ago. Do I have to say it again? Come on. <laughs> what do you want from me? I said it twice. Yeah. You know, I mean, he seems like he's that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I always picture the, you see the caveman dragging the yeah. lady back mm-hmm. to the cave or whatever mm-hmm. with his club. Yeah. I kind of get that picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's conquering. He is the alpha male, I would say. Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about, I'm an alpha male. And they're so proud of this sometimes. And I'm like, is that a good thing? Um, well, yeah, they're proud of you know what their their hand can bring and mm-hmm. and what they can, what their strengths. And at is. the same time, I certainly <clears throat> say I, I lean more towards that. But you know, because men are supposed to be manly and strong, and our society and our world tries to make us girly. And I say fight that. Yes, but um, but I do think Jacob sometimes is unfairly painted as. Maybe, maybe this mama's boy, and, and he, it was more about his heart, and he, his heart was about the kingdom and about his father's business over his own self-interest. He was willing to lay that down. Yeah. And like he was, uh, we get the idea that maybe he was soft, and, but, I mean, how many of us are going to go wrestle an angel? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and soft, I don't think these other people in his life called him soft. They're like, man, you got to be careful when you will mess with that guy because he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get his way. Yeah. So, you know, so that 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 we don't often think about him that way, but I think that's how Esau saw him for sure, and Laban later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be like Jacob. Uh, you know, Esau wasn't interested. You know, he didn't give a rip about the blessing, about his birthright. You know, he just wants to fill his stomach. He's interested in how he can provide with his own two hands and the work that he can do. And in a lot of ways, you, you have Cain and Abel. 
it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the same exact thing. And then it's interesting that here you have Jacob, who represents Israel, um, and then you have Esau, to me, represents man. Um, I'm going to go back to the, the day six people. But to me, Esau is a representation of that concept of the day six people who just do their thing. And um, where Jacob represents the priesthood. And he represents being Yahuwah's representative on earth to other people. Mm-hmm. And Esau just is doing his own will. Um, living for the moment, and, and it's uh, really what we see in modern man, you know, uh, yeah. today, you know, building their own kingdoms and their own, you know, there's no room for for a God in their life. Right. They are the God. Right. Their stomach is their God. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's their direct contrast. I mean, so if you've never studied the, you know, studied that concept of Jacob choosing to be about his father's business and Esau choosing to be and do what he wants. That that's a whole thing in itself. And you should check that out. Right. Cause it's a theme. <clears throat> it runs through this. Yeah. It's all over story. the place. So just like the wedding runs through it, Jacob and Esau it runs through the whole story. Um, so, you know, and I put in here, you know, if, if you've been like Esau, it's time to be different. It's time to turn around. Um, and, be what do you call that turning around repentance oh time to repent and uh, that's you know, also a theme yes it is and then i put in here heaven isn't for everyone and you know and that's kind of a strange concept to, you know you don't hear a lot of preachers saying that heaven isn't for everyone and yeah i don't know that a preacher has ever stood up and said that no because then the, the backlash on that would always be well god so loved the world he gave his only son yeah. right mm-hmm. that none should perish Right. So, so what, what do you think that means? Me, me saying heaven isn't for everyone with Jacob and Esau. I think that that's absolutely true. And it's based on, you know, some people choose that they don't, they're not interested in it. They choose not to go uh, be with Yahweh. What, if you spent your whole life not wanting to get to know Yahweh or be with him, why would you want to spend eternity with him? Yeah. Yeah. So... That's and, kind of what I think about. Yeah, there. and I and I wrote a post a post about this on the blog a few years ago. My aunt Anne died, and Anne was like Jacob, and her brother, which is my grandfather, was Esau. And my my grandfather, he did what he wanted to do. He wasn't about his father's business. He basically abandoned his faith, abandoned everything he was taught, and accepted what man said to be true. You know, he went mm-hmm. off to college, and when the college told him about you know, evolution and Darwin and all that. He was in the fifties. He was like, Oh, all that stuff I learned as a kid, that was garbage. My grandfather, my, my dad was stupid Yeah, and he rebelled and he became like Esau. She went off to school. She heard those same things and she came back and she was about her father's business and, and helped her family. Yeah. And, you know, and so in your own family, you probably can see people that have made these choices to be like Jacob or be like Esau. And you certainly see it out in the world. It's everywhere. But it's a choice. We all have the choice to pursue the birthright. The birthright blessing is there for all of us. And we can either choose that and it tends to be a narrow path. It tends to be more difficult. And, you know, the other path is is broad and wide. And, and faces, faces Sodom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, on that point, one of the more beneficial things to me, and I don't know how much of this is, like I haven't done the study into why, you know, what people turn 
away from their faith once they walk, you know, once they are out on their own and stuff like that. But I think one of the things that really was beneficial to me was uh, my parents prepared me for that saying people will come and, and try to tell you this isn't true. People will tell, try to sway you into thinking that what I'm, that this Bible is not accurate. And so I think knowing that ahead of time, you're on guard to that stuff and you, then it's harder to trick you into thinking, Oh, well that there's some merit there because we know that the tricks of Satan are, are to turn us against it. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know how much of that is, you know, works and how much of it is, uh, it worked for me, but you know, that, that's something that I instill in my kids too, is watch out because you're going to, people will come and tell you this isn't right. And I think that's going back to your teaching your children how to be innocent as doves, but shrewd as snakes. Yeah. To be wise and, and, uh, be aware. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so you've got this concept, the hill grabber, supplanter, you know, go, I, I encourage you to go research these things, check it out, challenge maybe how you've thought about it before, but, but there is clearly a definite difference between being about your father's business and doing what you want to do. And so even, even doing things like keeping a Sabbath makes you about your father's business. But, yeah. you know, it makes you uh, as opposed to I'm going to go do work and I got to feed my family. I got to pay my bills. I got to work on Saturday. You know, that yeah. that's that's, you know, that's, that's a worldly a concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So got to get rich or die trying kind of concept. And that seems to be kind of who Esau is. And I also think there's an element here in Esau that, you know, he's a pretty scary guy. You know, you know, the the legend in like the book of Jasser says that Esau kills Nimrod, which would make him a bad mamma jamma. And bad so, mm-hmm, so somebody that that uh, you might be a little afraid of. Yeah. Now, is there a difference between what's your idea of the difference between the birth, the blessing that he gives away for the that red stuff in the pot versus mm-hmm. the the blessing that he gets that Isaac is giving him at the end of his life. What's the difference in the blessings? I don't know. I hadn't thought much about it. Well, from my understanding, there is a difference in those blessings. One being uh, the firstborn blessing and one being like a, uh, uh, like a monetary kind of blessing. Hmm. I'm not exactly sure the difference, but I think there is a difference. Mm-hmm. If you go look at and if you study out what those blessings were at the time and 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 the way that a father blessed his his firstborn, I think there were a, a dual set of blessings that yeah, went. Yeah, to the I've firstborn. heard that before. Mm-hmm. So, um, so because I've I've also thought, well, he gave away his birthright, so it wasn't his to take from Isaac mm-hmm. at, at, at the end anyway, Esau. Yeah. Uh, but I think there is a difference in those blessings. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point. And we also kind of failed to mention when we were talking about this, um, it's a concept of the chosen people, the Jews versus, um, you know, the Israelites when Jacob becomes Israel. And, um, and so there's definitely a reference, you know, to, to that. And, 
Israel um, being blessed because it it chooses Yahweh, uh, and 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 that's what makes it blessed. And and Esau does not choose that, and 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 relies on its lineage, maybe, which is kind of like relying on its own hands. And so you definitely yeah. see this contrast between it's not about the bloodline people, and so I think it goes back to that concept of when we talk to people about these things, you know, most people, when you talk, tell them about the things that we're doing, they want to say we're Jews and, and they are associating it with a bloodline lineage thing. And this story tells you, yes, there's a bloodline and it's important here, but, um, but the, Esau did not get the blessing. Yeah. And he was part of the bloodline and technically should have, and he does get something, but but uh, but Jacob clearly gets the upper hand, and it's because of Jacob's heart and how he and, and how he lived his life. Because it goes back to what you said about him being upright, right? And it's it's this Jacob or Israel that we're trying to be grafted into mm-hmm. yeah. from Romans eleven. Yeah, yeah. So don't be Esau. Don't be Esau. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Because he also said there's so many stories. And so I challenge you, go look at all these characters. And when you start examining them and go look at them, is this person like Jacob or is this person like Esau? And you can start to put people into categories. And you look at someone like Samson. Where does Samson fit in? Is Samson Jacob or is he Israel? And I, I mean, I'm sorry, Esau. Esau. And then we, but we even talked about David and we're like, is David, David is also considered Rudy in appearance, which is a word that is described for Esau. And, and maybe David represents the best of both. And uh, which is kind of an interesting concept in this story for another day. Yeah. So, yeah. but the bottom line is there's, there's a lot here and, and it's worth spending time thinking about and studying it and it's but it's real simple too yeah i think go real simple go beyond the well the second son got the blessing and you know well where does that theme come out Mm -hmm. go deeper than that because that that one's kind of obvious and that's when you're told as a you know if you're church that's when you're told growing up uh but go deeper than that into the character of each of them and how that theme plays out yeah yeah, yeah, for sure. So. And then one more thing, and then I'm done on uh, on uh, the whole. Is he a a shyster? Was you know his his mother heard hmm. Isaac telling Esau what was going to happen. That's how she knew how to send him in. And uh, you know, would she be in in that position if Yahweh didn't put her there so that? the one who cared about his plan going forward yeah. would get that blessing. Yeah. You know, because it does kind of, and I, I, it does kind of make you wonder, did Isaac, was he getting away from this path a little bit at the end of his life? You know, did he forget a little bit of, and, and she kind of brings it back and reminds him, you know, this is, this is important. This is what this is about, but mm-hmm. it does kind of make you wonder about him at the end. Yeah. So, but but also seems very true, and there's many examples of unfortunately um, the generations that follow the patriarch. Sometimes things get watered down a little bit, and someone comes along and revives it. And you know that's a theme in the text too. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
So, um, and, and as it, and to continue that, you know, go back to the source. That's yeah. the, we're not claiming that we know all these things. We're claiming to have lots of questions ourselves and trying to figure it out. And we challenge you to spend the time, research, read, and uh, find out what it says for yourself. Yep. So we appreciate you listening to week six, week six of talking Torah, talking the Torah with Sabbath Lounge. Thank you for tuning in. And always, we ask you to give us a comment, a like, subscribe, share. All right. Bye.